you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Pretty excited. We're starting a new series today called This is the Way. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, if you're a Star Trekky, uh, but... Um, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I, was, I, I may have meant to say that one, actually. Uh, it, Star Wars uh, launched uh, this last Wednesday night, the season three um, premiere of Mandalorian. It's like a hit show that they've done. If you uh, aren't familiar with Star Wars and the Mandalorian, it's this little... Uh, Yoda, that little baby Yoda walking, floating around here, uh, and, that, and now we know his name is Grogu, and uh, I did not actually see episode one, but anyways, a popular phrase on the show for the Mandalorians that are like bounty hunters, they have this code that they live by, and uh, this code is, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. And this is the way. They, they don't take their helmets off. This is the way. This is the way. They, they, they always follow through on everything that they said. This is the way. Uh, they lay their lives down. This is the way. And they're, they just constantly throughout the show remind each other, this is the way. And uh, man, that's not the way. This is the way. Come on, somebody. Yeah, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we're taking it back and uh, pretty excited about it. Anyways, this is the way. We, so this uh, month, we're going to be breaking down uh, the vision of our church. And so uh, if you aren't familiar or you've not gone through Next Steps yet, we want to invite you to that class, uh, which is the second Sunday of every month. This Sunday, uh, I actually won't be here. Uh, out, me and uh, 18 other friends are going to Guatemala on a missions trip. We're pretty excited about. We're going down to to see some of our friends down there at, at an orphanage that uh, has been going on for quite some time. And so we're, we'll be pretty pumped. Anyways, Brady's going to be leading Next Steps this next Sunday and it'll be pretty cool. Uh, but anyways, this is the way. And so know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. This is the vision of our church. It's what we hope that you uh, journey uh, to Christ. And so as we talk about know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference, we want you to know that there's. we believe you're all on a journey with Christ, whether or not you are a believer or not. Christ's commitment with you, uh, whether you realize it or not, is that he, he's with you, and you're, you're, you're learning these things whether you realize it or not. And what Teresa often reminds me is that this isn't like a step-by-step process. You don't know God, and then you find freedom, and then you discover purpose. In, in our relationship with God, there's always levels and layers that God is pulling back. There are seasons in our life where we're finding freedom. There are seasons in our life where we're learning to know God again. And anyways, today, we just want to talk for a little bit about knowing God, knowing the Lord, knowing the Lord, knowing the Lord. And so if you would, would you stand to your feet as we read God's Word? Knowing the Lord. Uh, this is Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to uh, skip around a little bit for the sake of time because there's a lot of verses. This is going to be an interactive service here today. And so I'm going to skip around a little bit. I don't normally do this. But anyways, uh, we're going to start off with verse 5. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face, and he was afraid to look at God. 
Verse 9, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. He said, who am I to appear to Pharaoh? Who am I to lead your people of Israel out of Egypt? But God answered, I will be with you. In verse 13, he says this, But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would speak today. Help. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Man. As we have this encounter, which is probably the first of all radical encounters in God's word since Adam walked with Eve, uh, there's this burning bush and, and Moses goes to it. And when the Lord speaks, behold, you're standing on holy ground. I was worshiping next to my son this morning who took his shoes off for worship. And I was thinking, God, it's biblical. I'm about, <laughs> Put your shoes on, boy. I'm just kidding. All right. Anyways. Uh, uh, as we as we dive into this, the Lord would begin to say to him, "Like I am sending you." And, and Moses has this, "Like God, you're going to send me. How how are we going to deal with this? And the and the who, who am I going to tell them you are?" It's important for you to know that throughout the earth, people have different ideas of who God is. And now people understand Jesus. They understand Christianity. But we're living in a day and age here where people made up gods. They worshipped a rock. They worshipped a tree. They worshipped the, the rain. They worshipped the sun. They worshipped whomever. And the Lord is defining for the first time in history who he is. Up to this point, he was the Lord. He was the Lord God. And he was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But now the Lord says, I am who I am. And this is powerful. There's something that is so good for us. It's, I, what I love is we didn't, uh, Deb and I didn't collaborate the worship songs today. So when we're singing about the names of God, there is something for you to know that as you enter into prayer or into worship, the names of God is a wonderful tool for you to seek him. Uh, use this as a weapon, use this as a warfare, and the greatest name under all of heaven and earth is always Jesus. If you don't know anything else to say or to pray, then just say his name. Like, learn the power of the name of Jesus, the name in which every devil in hell still trembles, the name to which every knee and every tongue will confess, the name to which we have access to boldly enter the throne room of God, his name is Jesus. And if there's no other name you know, that's the one you want to know when you enter into prayer. 
I know all kinds of stories of people who have had terrible, terrible demonic dreams. And in the middle of the night, they woke up and all they could get out was the word Jesus. And it was like there was freedom in a moment. You got to know the power of the name of Jesus. As we look through scripture, though, it's important as people, they knew then who the Lord was. The, Lord, the, the Father says, I'm going to define myself. I am who I am. You're not going to define me. But what's important is then as we go through scripture, as we go through Psalms, as we go through the, prophet, the prophets, uh, there will be new names entitled to the Lord. Mostly these names would be attributes of things that he's done, like deliverer, my rock, my refuge, my fortress, my redeemer, the living water. There would be many names ascribed to him that then the nations would learn about, but they're because of the ways that the Lord has moved in people's lives that then penned scripture. So I want to take you into the New Testament as we talk about, I want you to know the Lord. There's this cool passage of scripture where uh, probably one of the most important verses in the New Testament. It's found in Matthew chapter 16. And you know the story where Jesus is standing around a fire with his disciples and he says, who do, you, who do they say that I am? And, and, and the disciples are kind of looking around and this is a moment in history that they're all fo- they've all left their lives to follow the Christ. They've all abandoned them. They, they know who he is, but no one has had the guts to kind of put it out there. I mean, this is, this is crazy stuff to go ahead and say, you are God. And so they say, hey, you know, well, some say that you're Peter or some say you're Elijah. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're a prophet. And Jesus looks and says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, Peter's always the craziest. He's always the gutsiest. He's always the dumbest one of them. But sometimes faith in its strongest form is dumb. And Peter just kind of busts it out and he says, You're the Christ. And the Lord says, it is on this that I will build my church. You, Peter, are the rock, and on this I will build my church. It's important that you, we kind of understand what's going on. Peter began to know the Lord. He began to have deep relationship with him in a way that he was seeing the miracles of the Lord, seeing Jesus being able to touch lepers, see him being able to multiply the, 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 the bread and the fish, see him go get, tell the disciples to go pay taxes by going down to the water and getting coins out of a fish's mouth. I mean, the things that Jesus did was unreal. Imagine if we can raise the 300,000 by sending some people down to Lake, Lake Gibson to go fishing this afternoon. You know, hey, go down there. You're going to find a check in a bass's mouth, man. We're going to use that to cash in. It's going to be pretty awesome. Oh, I'd sign up for that. Anyways, says it's on this faith, it's on that statement, on that realization, and that knowledge of recognizing. So Peter's, his, the, the boldness to say it, but it came from a deep understanding in Peter, him being able to know the scriptures and, and have deep relationship with him. There would be a word that the New Testament would use some over 200 times the strong concordance would use. And this word is different than any other word in our English vocabulary. It comes from the word gnosko. 
and it is, uh, they found it in multiple places. I want to take you to John 17 just for a moment. As Jesus is about to die, he's, um, he's going to pray the night before he is led off to be crucified. John 17. And this is the last prayer that's recorded that Jesus prays. And he says, after saying these things, Jesus looked up to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given authority uh, to him. Uh, You've given him authority over everyone. And he gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I want to know the Lord. And in this passage, Jesus says, this is the way to eternal life, to know God. The word gnosko there, know, it doesn't mean know. It means know. It means having a deep understanding or an intimate relationship with someone. And the problem that we can enter into as believers, especially if you've lingered in the church for more than five, ten years, is we get caught up in knowing and not knowing. There's a big difference. There's some friends in here that I've known for several years. And some of those friends, I don't know why, but this is always the reference that I fall back on. There's a gentleman that had changed my life some years ago. He became a big part of my salvation story. The guy's name is Patsy. Now, if I throw this guy's name out, Patsy, to anyone, some of you don't know him and it doesn't mean anything. That's like if you were talking to someone else about Jesus. It doesn't mean anything when you don't know him. But if I said the word Patsy, what's important if I was teaching you who Patsy is, I'd say, one, he's Italian. Uh, He's now lost a lot of weight, but he used to be a heavyset Italian, which kind of makes him more fun to me, you know? And Patsy loved food. Every time anything was going on, food was involved. And if I would define you some things about Patsy, I would say Patsy was one of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. He had a crazy amount of patience with people. And he had an ability to just wrap his arm around you and kind of embrace you. And it wasn't in a religious sense. I don't know how to explain it. You would have a religious experience, but he wasn't a religious guy. Like, he knew the Lord in every way. And he was a pastor of pastors. But now, this is me telling you who Patsy is. Now, you could, you could say that information back to me because now you've heard of Patsy. But that doesn't mean that you know him. And I think that's where we are in Christianity today is that we've heard things about who Jesus is and we're regurgitating other preachers' information of who Jesus is. Now, see, if we were to begin sharing more stories of other people in the room and they'd say, oh, I can tell you who Patsy is. And let me tell you one other thing about Patsy. Oh, let me tell you this about Patsy. What would happen is one day if you went into public somewhere and you met this guy, you'd go, I know that guy. Because I, I know enough about him, but now I'm actually encountering. It's like I've always known you. Because you can take some of the information you've been given, but you need to have the experience. You need to know someone in order to know them. 
And so in the, in the Old Testament, we find the Lord defining to himself who he is. And then throughout history, we see all these names of God coming out. And we see Peter coming to be the first one to say, I believe that you're the Christ. But I, I want to take you to a prayer that Paul prayed when he uses the same word, genosko. Um, and because I'm not Greek, please uh, apologize. I apologize if it, I, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyways, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Paul is praying for the church that he has become friends with. And he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray from his glorious, unlimited resources that he will empower you in, with inner strength through his spirit. Understand, here in this prayer, it's not coming from knowledge. It's coming from knowledge. I pray that he would empower you with, from his unlimited resources. In your inner strength. He's not just saying, I pray that you have riches. I pray that you have the, the inner strength from his resources. And then he says, I, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. Um, I'm sorry. I, I told you, let's go with the, the NIV. Can you, can you put that one up there? Uh, from verse 19. May you experience. May you know the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made, to com made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Paul is praying in verse 19 that you would know the knowledge of God. And in verse 18, he's saying that you would know how high, how deep, how long, how wide this love of God is, but I pray that you would know the love of God. And so he's saying this coming from a place of having experienced the love of God, but it's super important that we don't talk about the love of God like it was written by someone else's experience. And so we want to encounter the Lord. We want to know him. We want to know him. We want to know him as a church. It is part of our vision that we don't know about God, but that we know him. And one of the greatest ways that we begin to know him is that as we gather together, hear me on this, saints, when I stand alone in the seasons of my life that can be a struggle or can be great, I begin to paint a picture of who I think God is. And sometimes I'll hold on to a faint hope of who I know him to be. But when we fellowship with each other and we live in the light, we fellowship with a greater understanding of who we now know the Lord to be, and it pulls us through seasons of life knowing when someone else knows full well that God is love, that God is peace, that we know is patience, that we know is endurance, that we begin to know the attributes of God, and it pulls us through seasons where we're stuck in a smaller, reduced mindset of who he is. Does that make sense? I want to do an illustration real quick, and then we're going to um, try to do another illustration. And so anyways, Micah, I need you to come up here. And Chris Hill, can you come? Matthew, can you come? And Kai, can you come? 
for handsome young men. And uh, some of you may have seen me do this illustration before. Uh, Chris, I'm going to, if you can uh, just sit right there facing Jesus. Sit Indian style on the floor right there. Yep. And then uh, Micah, if you can, no, Kai, right there. I want Kai right there. That's it. Stand up there. Stand No, stand up top. And then Micah, you will, uh, on your knees. And then, uh, let's see here. Matthew, you'll stand on this chair right there. Okay? And so uh, slide over just a little bit. Now, what we're, I want you to see here is that what you can't see is there is an elephant standing here. And, and this elephant is facing you. Okay, can you all put your hands out really quick and close your eyes? Can you see the elephant uh, facing Kai? Okay, That's, I want you to close your eyes and imagine, and then put your arms out and, and begin to feel. Uh, so so if, if you're facing this elephant, right, he's facing you. Chris, you know that you, uh, you got the... <laughs> Just be careful, he ate a lot recently. I don't even know that. Um, and so, uh, Kai, if you were to put your hands out, would you begin to, to tell us uh, what it's like to touch the face of this elephant? You're, you're imagine, imagine, as he's this elephant is right here. What do you touch if you're touching his face? His forehead. Okay, there's probably more. Uh, uh, keep it coming. What else? His ear. Man, big ears. Right. What do they feel like? Anything else that you feel when you touch his face? No? You don't know. All right, uh, uh, Matthew, help me out. What do you touch when you, when you put your arms out there? You got his back. What's that? I mean, there's not a whole lot going on here, right? Leathery. All right. Anything else? Soft. Micah? His legs. Legs are really smooth. And, all right, and, and Chris, <laughs> pretty crappy over here, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm attempting not to feel anything at all. <laughs> Chris doesn't want to feel. He's numb. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but Kai, if you were to put your hands back out, you have more ability to, to, to describe more things. You're exposed to his eyelashes and this big trunk, right? And these powerful tusks and these ears. And there's a lot going on over here, right? He's probably slapping you around with his trunk a couple times. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Not a whole lot to experience or express, right? All right, you guys can have, thank you guys so much for your, for your, uh, let me embarrass you in front of everyone. Um, what I know is that um, in life, we all have a perspective of the throne. We all have a perspective of who the Lord is, but it is, and please, uh, not to be rude, incomplete. The things that life has taught you about who the Lord is, is only some of who he is. When he defined himself to Moses, he said, I am who I am. And so in our praise, we try to define him. We try to explain him to our friends and family. But how do we attribute our, our, like his, his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our, like, how the heck am I going to define holiness and infinite and God and power? And like, I, I don't have words. To, to, to express these things. But in our life, as we reach out, we're like 
touching. But that's why it's important that we learn intimacy with the Lord, which is what this word gnosko comes from. It's an intimate knowing. Because what we need is for us to not have religion or rose or what we want to make sure as a ministry is that we leave and encounter God one-on-one and face-to-face. Because otherwise it's just a smaller story that was passed down and it's not the best angle or the best. You may not even really be able to fully know that it's an elephant from your perspective in life. But when you get face to face with God, like Jacob, and you begin wrestling through life's hardships and pursuing and seeking and knowing and growing, does this make sense? And I I just think it's so important to learn how to communicate with others what you're seeing and touching and expressing in the seasons that we're in in life. That's why connect groups are so important because it's our stories. It's where we are in our deep relationship with God. We were designed to live in fellowship with each other. And so as I um, was was doing some research um, years ago. We, we did a Bible study, and we used to go to this prayer meeting at 7 in the morning, and uh, we'd have prayer, and we'd have a devotion, and this one young lady came in, and she did this devotion on the names of God, and she began to kind of read off some of the names of God, and, and I don't know, she had met about 20 of them that she went over. And I, something kind of hit me in this understanding that I don't know God in all of those ways. Like I didn't know him. For me, I I knew him as my provider, but I didn't know healer in my life. Now some, they know God healer. Others would like to know God healer. But man, when when you begin to connect and fellowship, there's a knowing and an understanding and a confidence building. Does that make sense? And so as she began to go through these lists and I began to think, oh my goodness. And so I just sought out for the next couple of months. I started writing down every name of God that I can find in scripture. And I set out that I wanted to know him. One of the names of God that completely wrecked my life was when I heard for the first time that he is the bridegroom. I mean, the understanding was weird. He's, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I got a beard. I don't want to like be intimate with Jesus, but learning that like there's no one that loves me like he loves me. And to surrender into that trust is like nothing else in all the world. And so as we lean into, we want to know God. Fully know him, be saved, be transformed, be healed and delivered. And so we're going to do something else here as another exercise before we go. You guys okay with exercises? Except this time I need everyone to participate. And so if you don't participate, I'll just, I'll just call you out and bring you up front here. So you just got to help me. Um, in your seat back pocket, we, um, we, we, we put um, uh, over, over 95 different names of God here in these seats today. Now, some of you, uh, because I ran out of cards, uh, may have a card that was written on someone else. You may have the same name someone else was already said. Um, and if you got a card that you can't pronounce that name, it's okay. You don't have to say it. Maybe steal a card from the one next to you. I don't want you to be, or trade it with someone else. Uh, but what I'd like you to do is help me as we interact who the Lord is. 
I want you to kind of hear this from a body of Christ perspective because that's the way we were designed as the word of God was written that together we declare who he is. Now my prayer in this, just as Paul said, that I pray that you would know the length and the width and the depth and the height, that you would know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. I pray that you would know that the Lord is greater than your ability. What I... Let me hear this real quick before I say anything else. One of the things that's hard as an American church is I have found in the body of Christ, in relationship with Jesus, a boredom. And it's a tragic thing because it's you just got sold religion. The Lord is as vast as the oceans. The Bible says that if we can write down everything that just Jesus had done in his lifetime, there wouldn't be enough paper in all of the world to scribe what he did. The Lord is so vast, and it'll take our whole life to figure out who he is. I, I'm, I'm encountering the Lord in new ways in this season of my life that is tearing apart theology that I've, I had for years. And it's because I'm learning who he is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to have seven or eight of you stand up here in just a minute. And I want you to just say it loud enough so that everyone can hear. If you want to say that he is your or, or he is our or he is as, you, as you're described. But I just want you to define to us one of the names of God. So uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to pray um, uh, is is Deb here or Matt here or Rich? Is someone available? Can you come and play on the keys? Yeah, all right. Um, and so um, I don't know if you have a song, but I'm just praying about a hunger for the Lord, wanting to know who he is. And uh, we'll see where this goes here for the next several minutes. The only way this works is if you say it loud enough. We have friends at home today that are not in this room, and we want to declare to them so it can be heard on the microphone. So, would you be so bold? Could I have seven or eight people just stand up right now across the room? Wonderful. I'll just stop there. Just stop there for just a second. Would you tell us? Ancient days. I don't know the ancient days. from Zechariah. Man of sorrows. Oh. I don't know. I don't know that God that answers by fire. But as I'm telling coworkers at work about who Jesus is, I want to make sure that I let them know that he's the God. Bright and morning star. It's my chief cornerstone. Mm. It's my teacher. He is the word. I want to know the word. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you for helping me. Can I get seven or eight more people stand up? My card today said he is my friend. 
He's my dwelling place. He is the resurrection. I'm in a season right now where I'm walking with more people that are struggling to understand that he is the resurrection. He is our redeemer. Manuel. Our beloved. Praise God. He is He is the door. He is our Father. Thank you. You guys can can I have eight more people stand up? We're declaring. And he is bigger. See, when I came in today, some of us were just coming to church, but like we're declaring who he is. Our everlasting father. Our strong tower. He is the Messiah. He's our rock. He is our creator. Amen. Greg, Daniel. Prince of Peace. He's our Prince of Peace. Say that again. The Rose of Sharon. He's our judge. I don't like that one. know the God of heaven. That's going to be a glorious day though, isn't it? Anyone, can I have eight more people stand up? He is the potter. He is our rabbi. He is Yahweh. He's the first and the last. Someone needs to know that. He is the head of the church. Thank God it's not me. (laughs) To you be the glory. There's another, someone else is standing. He is Yahweh. He's the God of angel armies. Whew. He's a wonderful counselor. He's our bridegroom. He is our father. Lord, I just um, just want to declare the value of our church is to know you. Like, I've not arrived at that. We used to have a friend that used to be on staff here. He's a pastor now somewhere else. He's, um, But his name was Rick. And um, Rick was one of the smartest humans I've ever met in my life. And his desire to know God and understand him biblically is like no one else I've ever met. 
He had this room in his house. He called it his study room. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Beautiful Mind, but like he had, um, the, he had these words about the Lord written all over the room. Like he would take scripture and dissect it. And then he had string attached from one word across the room over to another word. And then from this word over to this one and this one over to this one. And you went into his room and it was like a big spider web. And it was like the craziest, confusing thing in the world. And he was just trying to remind himself how like everything sings together. Anyways, he would say this all the time. I I didn't know anyone that knew scripture and knew Christ like him. And he would say often that he felt like spiritually he was a fifth grader. And he tried to live in that mindset that he wanted to graduate fifth grade and move on to sixth grade. And I think some of us believe that we've arrived and like we're a teacher now. And, and he is teacher. And he is rabbi. And he is like a vast ocean of endless pursuit. Lord, we want to know you. Lord, we want to know you. Lord, we want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know you as great physician and healer. We want to know you as provider. We want to know you as counselor. We want to know you as our judge. We want to know you as our friend. We want to know you as our companion. We want to know you as our defense. We want to know you as our strong tower. Lord, we want to know you as the beloved. We want to know you as our bridegroom. Lord, we want to know you in all of your power, that you are mighty God, the God who answers by fire. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the God of Elijah. You are the great I am. And I want to be clear, I'll never define you. You do define me, though. And I thank you for everyone in this room that you call us. You do define us as sons and daughters. You define us as your own. You define us as adopted and grafted into your family. You define us as forgiven and loved and chosen. You define us as the salt of the earth. I thank you, God, that you have reminded me of my purpose in life, and that's to know you. I live to discover you. I live to encounter you. I live to know you. You are my greatest desire. I thank you that you are here, Lord, right here in this room. And if you're here today, would you mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes? With no one looking around the room, there are some people that are convicted today and you realize that you are not living for him. You're not pursuing him. And today you need to make radical changes to remove distractions and sin and anything else that's getting in the way of you knowing him. But today the Father is the door and he's trying to open that door for you if you'd come in. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Tim, I need to make changes in my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. For those of you that raised your hand, I'm gonna say a special prayer with you. Thank you, I love you. If you would let us know that we want to be praying for you all week long, there's a card in front of you. We'd like you to fill that out and let us know. Jesus, I ask that you'd wash us all. 
cleanses. We want to be like you. Moses was one of the greatest leaders in history, and he stood before you and said, who should I say you are? Reveal yourself to us, God. We want to see you. We want to know you. We want to hear you. We want to... I want to hunger for you. When I'm in your presence, I'm alive. Thank you that you're forgiving us of sin and awakening us to life. There are people that you've placed in our lives today that don't know you or they're in sin. And we pray, God, that you would put them on our hearts, teach us to pray for them, but show, reveal yourself to us in a way that we can declare your goodness to them. You are the good shepherd. Thank you that you're here. I thank you that you're moving. I thank you that you're doing huge things in our church. We just want to give you all the praise and all the glory and all God's people said. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.